You're listening to the Brandon on Tour Trapcast with special co-host and four-time Olympian Mercedes Nickel. Brought to you by people who travel, people who love to travel, and all things travel. Two dollars. And a Casio. After two podcasts, you're probably getting a better idea who he is, but his co-host Mercedes is way cooler than him any day. That might not be what you want to hear. Damn! So keep packing your oversized carry-on, stop clapping and standing when the plane lands. Stupid idiots! And direct your attention to your travel cast cruise directors. Now hear that! Now hear that! Prepare the blast off! Ready to blast off! Knife switch! Main switch on! Here's Mercedes MPD. Mercedes, what's shaking? Justin Whistler, enjoying COVID life still. I've actually like been out a couple times. I left the bubble of Whistler. I went to Squamish for a hike the other day. And then I went to the stores and I was just like. No, I think I saw you put pictures up of you hiking in Squamish. Did you see um, Amael? Did you have some uh, a bit of a hangout down there? Or did you just go hike uh, and get the hell out? No, Miles in Pemberton now, but um, oh, I did, was just hiking with a couple friends. Well, I thought we were going on a walk. See, I'm not much of a hiker unless it's for snowboarding. And so I was like, they're like three hours. I was like, I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to mentally prepare for that one. Yeah. And we made it. It was very steep, but it was worth it. It was views and beautiful and just chit chatting with some friends, which is very nice to do when you live alone. Oh, so I'm, I think people are aching to get out and see people. So that's been uh, uh, encouraging to see people, you know, uh, responsibly. I don't know that, that that's the right word because some people are obviously No, they're not. Going Most nuts, people are not. some people doing it okay. So I don't know. We'll see. I feel see. like I'm doing it right, but everyone else is like, that line's not for me. <laughs> that arrow, what? I'm just going to walk wherever I want to walk. I don't, I'm not into it. I really uh, the, like Whistler. What's Whistler right now? Is there people still coming up and hitting the restaurants and all that stuff? Like they're so, open, right? Well, restaurants have started opening yeah. uh, and the patios have started opening. And I heard, I, I think that there are people coming by to make sure that they're doing it properly because some of the patios were just bumping and now they're more strict, which I think is so great because people are like, oh, well, it's, it's going away. I'm like, yeah, but it's still out there. So let's not get it back. Right. <laughs> Uh, no, Whistler, like, yeah, there's a lot of people coming up from Vancouver. Yeah, obviously, it's a tourist town, but we have been, like, doing it so well up here that I don't even want to go to Vancouver. No offense. Well, Vancouver, I saw what was going on with the um, beaches and stuff. That Obviously, there's perspective of how people are taking pictures, and it wasn't as bad as people were seeing. But still, you give people, like, you know, a one little chance to break that kink in the fence – Mm-hmm. and then everyone's piling in and that's kind of what it's like well we're not out of it and i'm still waiting for bonnie to yell at us like our our, our doctor she's, she's kind of being know. so nice but one of these times she's going to be like that mean aunt she's going to be like all right listen you're not listening so you're all I grounded know. and you know like and you're all going back inside and that's like i'm just waiting to see and uh just at least we're going into summer which is good for covid yeah. But at the same time, like I was just talking with people, are we going to have, obviously in British Columbia, we either have like a wet summer or a smoky hot summer. Yeah. And it's calling for smoky and hot. What is that going to do? We're just going to be inside again and losing our minds. Yeah. People are getting <laughs> out in the spring right now. What have you been doing? It's been a busy couple of weeks since we've been on the air together. 
because uh, you are uh, exploding on the internet. So um, <laughs> with some kind of new stuff. So why don't you fill us in on what's going on with you? So I have started dropping in a podcast with Mercedes Nickel. I have my fifth episode coming out tomorrow with Tara Sloan. Not Tara, Tara. Learned that uh, the so hard let's, way. Let's, uh, what's that date? Because uh, this is going to probably air after this. Oh, yeah. Sorry. June. What day? What's the date? June, June 4th. June 4th. June 4th. All right. So every Thursday, I drop a new episode. Uh, and this 10 series is about people that I see overcoming their fears, which is so cool because they might not even know that from my perspective, they're amazing humans. Mm-hmm. So I've had gold medalist Mayel Ricker. I've had professional snowboarder Kimi Fasani. Um, I've had snow, uh, ski coach Mike Shaw who broke his neck and now is able to run. Like the stories are unbelievable. They give me goosebumps. And they're right now they're all friends of mine. So it's like a great interview, but like good takeaways too. How are you? I mean, you've done a few of these. I'm sure you've done interviews. You've done a million interviews over the years. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about your first five episodes uh, from a podcast standpoint based on what you maybe you've learned so far, the gear, the sound, the audio, uh, just kind of how you're adjusting to that world of, of interviewing people? Yeah, I was nervous because I was like, I don't know what any of this is. I don't know how to edit. So I enrolled myself in like a little garage band course sure. to learn how to edit my own podcast. I reached out to people for help. Um, my friend Dave Rowley, he's a DJ. He did the intro music. I got my mom in there to yeah. do the intro voice. And so it's been a crazy learning curve, but awesome at the same time. Yeah, they sound really great. I, I'm always a huge fan of uh, great audio, and you've come out swinging with that. It sounds really good and well-produced. I think it's going to serve you well. And you got some great people. Like, I mean, your first five guests are, are amazing stories, and I think um, that's the key to any of these podcasts is sort of telling a tale, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I, people are more in common than, have more in common than we think. I mean, they, they've all kind of overcome something in some capacity, so it's a great yeah. platform for you who's overcome a great deal of yourself to be able to share your story and then have it relate to what everyone else has been going through. So was there, a, has there been a moment in these five where you're like, Whoa, I, I, like I, I'm, I'm settling in or you didn't know this or you learned something that you thought you didn't that, you know, if there's, has there been something through these five through your friends that you didn't know what they were going through and you've just discovered something. Uh, Cause that's usually what happens on these things where you start learning about people. Yeah, I think it's for sure the aha moment where I'm like, oh, yeah, because my podcast is set in such a way that I have to listen to them to get the takeaways right after they share their story. So I wrap up the whole episode with my takeaways from what I've learned from them. And, and that sometimes is like, they're like, wow, yeah, you really did take, like, a lot came out of that. And so it's kind of that joint aha moment. And then another thing that's so cool is that my listeners are giving me feedback and they're just like, for instance, the Mayel episode, she's mm-hmm. just like, well, I don't feel that I've done anything significant compared to what the nurses and doctors are doing right now. Right. And someone just wrote me and was like, she won a gold medal. She's a world champion. And she feels like she hasn't done anything. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I know because Canadians are so humble. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, uh, it's an amazing uh, platform that you've created, and I think it's awesome that you're, that you're doing it. So it's, it's wicked, and I've, uh, I've enjoyed having you here as my co-host on the Travelcast. We're covering a lot of ground. Where are you right now with travel? Like, what are you feeling? I, 
I'm grounded. I, I really, I mean, this is a long time for me to be home. I usually, like I normally say, I'm out of Whistler at least once a month traveling somewhere. I'm, I feel like I've accomplished a lot and I have things to do, which is great. But at the same time, I'm getting that deep down like urge of, I want to get out of my country. Is that wrong? Even though we're, uh, well, not all of us, but a good portion of the country is doing this properly. Uh, at mm-hmm. least in BC, we've been flattening, which is great, which is why we're on phase two. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not in a rush. Uh, my business from the music side of it is interesting because I don't, I, I'm not in a rush to travel right now. I'm actually enjoying the time because usually I'm seven months, you know, six, seven months away and, and it's, it's its own thing. And, and the idea of the, how I travel Mm-hmm. changing uh it's not stressful but it's just like i know that it's going to be a drastic change because i did like 100 flights last year and i you know i'm packed into a tour bus with like 12 people and mm-hmm. there's just our industry from a music side is going to change drastically drastically especially the way people are coming into buildings and all the rest of it so i'm kind of just wanting people to get it figured out and then then I'll kind of wrap my head around it. So I've kind of taken my brain out of that, which has also yeah. removed my brain from traveling. Like I'm just, I just want it to get figured out and then I'll go do whatever that looks like. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I, mean, I just think about my family and I want to visit my family. Like my yeah. parents are in Mexico, my extended family's in England and I'm just like, hi. What about going to Mexico? You don't have to quarantine when you get there though, yeah? They, oh yeah, no, they're pretty strict where my are parents they? are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're only allowed out once a day and they have to wear masks and like the streets so, yeah, have been cleaned. So you gotta go so down there and then you gotta come back. Guys, it's, it's worldwide. <laughs> it's, it's worldwide. It's yeah. a serious thing. And, and I just, people take it seriously. Walk the arrow the right way in the grocery stores. You're driving me nuts. Follow the rules <laughs> or Mercedes and, uh, Dr. Henry is coming after you. Yeah. <laughs> Mercedes should be the new watchdog. What the fuck are you doing? You're not following the lines. It's but. so infuriating. And then they're just like, well, it's, it's, it's not really happening anymore. I'm like, it's still freaking happening. You just like, aren't getting tested, you dingbat. <laughs> Ugh, whatever. I'm sorry. I'll go on all day. Oh, we could go on all day. But we're going to move on to Paul and our interview with Paul, uh, Paul Feinstein, who is a fellow blogger and podcaster on the Dean Blundell Network, where we are both uh, stationed on as well as Apple and Spotify and all the places that you can find us. But Paul is a world, uh, you know, cook. Uh, He travels. He's a blogger. He's a writer for all these different publications. And I came across an article from Forbes a couple of weeks ago that talked about what might be in front of us for travel, you know, coming up in the future. Uh, which after 9-11, the thing changed and everyone, you know, kind of went through all this, like I got to take my shoes off and everything takes longer and we just accepted it. Now there's going to be a new norm to travel. And you and I, and I feel like up to this point, you know, even with all the changes that happened after 9-11, we've all been pretty spoiled as to ease, especially when you get into uh, points and you get into status and things where you can cut lines and different kinds of security levels. And that's been great. But it's all going to change, including, I feel like, even the private lounges, the American Airlines lounge, and all these kind of lounges are going to all change as well, which is just really going to disrupt the travel business. And Paul is a, a super expert on that, and we thought we'd have him on this week. 
Paul Feinstein on board here with us today to talk all things future travel. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. Hi, guys. Really great to be here as always. Now, uh, we're going to encourage all of our listeners to watch us on YouTube when this is done, because uh, Paul is in the Congo right now, and he looks great. <laughs> so we've got a great uh, backdrop going on. Uh, travel has kind of not really sort of started again-ish. People allowed to go. There are some flights flying around. Uh, you can't leave Canada to go to America without coming back in and quarantining. But there is a bit of, you know, ability to kind of move uh, business-like around. Paul, have you been on a plane in a couple of months? Or are you still in, stuck at home like the rest of us? No, still stuck at home. Um, I have three trips that are planned um, that all had been postponed and uh, are now supposed to be in Italy, Switzerland, and Sweden in September and October. And I'm wondering if that's even going to happen at this point. I'm pretty confident that they won't, but I'm hoping. So we'll see. What were those trips? Um, the uh, Italy one, I'm competing in the world championship of pesto. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's gonna be really fun. Um, the Sweden one was just a press trip for uh, Sweden's Pride Week. Um, and the Switzerland one is a, it's a trip for writers and editors to sort of meet and collaborate and, uh, you know, just get new contacts in that world. So busy, busy with cities. Can we talk about pesto? Oh, we, talk about the pesto. <laughs> we definitely can. <laughs> pesto. If you want. Let's talk about the pesto. What? How did you, what even, how? Okay. So why the, so pesto comes from Genoa, the original pesto. Um, and, uh, I'm pretty obsessed with it generally. And so there's a chef here in Los Angeles who I bug a lot about his pesto because it's so good. And he refuses to tell me how he makes it. So he said to look up this competition. And so I did. And it, it happens every two years in, um, in Genoa. And so I wrote them and said, hey, I'm, a, I'm an international food and travel writer. And I really would love to write about your competition. But, is there, but I'm also, I went to cooking school and I'm, a, you know, I'm an amateur cook. Is there any way I could also compete? And I guess I just, you know, I got in there early enough and the, the president of the whole organization, you know, I interviewed him and uh, he said, yeah, he would love for me to come and compete. And so it's a hundred people. Uh, 50 of the people are from Genoa who compete, uh, 25 from the rest of Italy. And then there are satellite competitions around the world where 25 other people uh, compete to get in. And then there's me. Oh, <laughs> So. Special one. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Mercedes is a great cook, by the way. So she's going to steal this. Uh, nice. I know. Are you, are you allowed to reveal your recipe? Well, so that's what's so interesting about this competition is that um, you're, you're hemmed in by the exact same ingredients. So everyone gets the same amount of pine nuts. Everyone gets the same amount of Genovese basil. Everyone gets the same amount of salt. Everyone gets the same amount of extra virgin olive oil. Uh, same amount of garlic, um, same amount of Parmigiano Reggiano and aged Parmesan, and then the same amount of uh, Fiore Sarda, which is a Pecorino cheese from Sardinia. And uh, you got to make it different and better than everybody else. And it's just sort of how you do it and the amounts that you do it in. And you'd be surprised how different it can come out every single time from from, from just changing the order in which you do it. It's, it's, and then, Ooh, and then you make it with a, you do it in a mortar and with a, in a mortar with a pestle. And so you, you pound it, um, the, the traditional way. Can't 
blanch the basil. You can't toast the pine nuts. You can't do any trickery to make it greener or better. You just have to use the raw ingredients. And you need to go. You need to go. And I need to see this like live. (laughs) Well, it was supposed to be, it was supposed to happen in April. Obviously that got postponed. And so it's now I have a flight September 21st. So I'm hoping that, um, you know, even the country of Italy lets Americans in. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. So we'll see. So interesting. I think we're all, I'm getting pretty, uh, complacent, chilled at home. What about you guys? Are you getting anxious look, to get I out? Looked, or are you, are you... Well, I looked at booking flights to London. I was like, well, what, how, how does that go? Like, do the airlines even let you do it? And so I poked around and you can do it. I like, I could fly tomorrow, but I gather I don't want to go into quarantine. Well, there's rules of the quarantine on that side and this side. Like Mm -hmm. it could be 14 days before you're even allowed to do anything. And they have guys checking. I don't know what's happening down there, Paul. People are getting quarantined when they come into America, but in Canada, you have to have a quarantine plan. And then if you don't, uh, they can give you a lot of shit. But on oh, side, you get fined. Did you not uh, read that? Fines and $750,000. And they have guys knocking on doors. Quarantine. They got guys knocking on doors, the whole thing. It's a, it's a thing. I don't think it'll surprise either of you that we don't have that, that kind of planning here in, in the United States. So um, there is no quarantine plan at the moment. I know yeah. uh, our president arbitrarily banned all flights from China today, but you know, I saw that. fun times. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So you have three trips. What were the other two trips? Switzerland. Um, so, the, so Sweden, oh, Sweden. Uh, the first week of September, they had to postpone their, oh, maybe they didn't postpone it. Um, actually, I think they did postpone it. It's their pride week. And so uh, they have the, like one of the biggest pride parades in all of Europe. And so I was going to go and, and interview a bunch of people and write about it. Um, and then the last one was in Switzerland. And I don't know how to pronounce the, the city. It's L-A-U-S-A-N-N-E, Lausanne. Lausanne. And, I've been uh, there. That's uh, where the uh, Youth yeah, Olympics were in January. That's, right. that's why that's we right. have and world so, travelers uh, on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. and, oh, it's um, so beautiful there. I'm sure it looks amazing. And so 20 writers and 20 editors from major publications all sort of get together and, and pitch and meet and drink and enjoy Switzerland. Sounds awful. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> that's, at the, um, that's in the first week of October. So, okay, we'll so I don't know. if you do go in September, what are you expecting your wait time to be? To go to Italy? Like to get on the plane, like get to the airport and go through the whole shebang to just be sitting on the plane. So I'd like to give our country the benefit of the doubt. Although I don't know if it, the country really has going to, I guess really going to have any say. I think passengers are going to want some sort of um, heightened security measures, but I think it's going to be really long and hard. Um, I, <laughs> I'm a seasoned traveler as I, as I know the two of you are. And so my entire process of, you know, even on international flights, I have the whole thing down to a science traveling out of Los Angeles where I don't have to, you know, get to the airport four hours early. And so now I'm hoping that all the measures that I take, you know, I have uh, clear, which is, uh, you guys know what clear is? Is that like our next test? Clear is like, uh, you know, you know what uh, pre-check is? Okay. So pre-check is like, gives you 
uh, sort of the, the ability to cut a line. Um, but clear is like the next level of that where you can really get um, through security faster and easier. And so I haven't heard what clear is doing in, in, for these things, but hopefully they will step up their protocols as well, except for clear. When you go, you actually have to put your thumb on a, on a, you know, biometric. Yeah. Reader. So is that and even going to happen? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I expect there to be uh, longer waits, no matter what um, going through security, even though you go through clear, you still have to put your, shoes on you know you don't have to take your shoes off but you still have to put your bags on the security tray um is that going to be six feet apart from everybody so will that be monumentally slower as a result or maybe it'll be smoother because people will be forced to not you know cram i expect it i i'm expecting like a four hour in i think all the madness is going to be pre-security absolutely because it's our it was madness before this <laughs> so it was madness before this to get just through security, unless you're lucky like us and have Nexus or clear and you can kind of, you know, do, just breeze through like we like to do and try to, you know, do everything. But I think there's going to be a pretty drastic change in carry on protocol. I think mm -hmm. there's going to be a change in a lot of things. I sent you guys an article from Forbes where they were talking about what it's going to look like, where they had pulled a bunch of different airlines. plus talk to some people. I've got flight attendants in my life I've spoken to in the last week and a half, two weeks that are still flying actually. And it's anarchy right now. It's like, like what? Like, tell us, like, tell us. Well, just the, the process right now. <laughs> so the process of getting through security right now, um, there's mandatory masks on the plane. And so before where you would, you know, where people come through and say, you got to take your earbuds out of your, out of your, you know, ear. And then the, the attendant would walk by and then people put them back in and then they would come back you know, uh, come back around and do the whole, the whole thing. Uh, now it's, it's, uh, uh, what's happening. So now they, they're, they're going down and they're coming back and they're going down and they're coming back and they're just busting people that are putting the mask on, taking it off, putting it on. And apparently it's a federal offense to not wear it now. So they're threatening in the, in yeah. an airplane. So they're threatening people like that. They will face prosecution when we land because they're going to notify the authorities that you weren't listening. It's a whole thing. And that was coming from an attendant on a recent plane that was like, hey, that's what's happening. This is what's Look at going me touching on. my face. Yeah, you know, but you're, <laughs> you're, you're going to be wearing a mask. <laughs> so this is, the, you know, there's going to be a lot of, oh, I forgot. You know, when we talked a little while ago about, you know, travel assholes and discount air, people will get an asshole pass for about six months until we figure this thing out. Maybe a year. Give them a year to figure it out. After that, it's going to be, Oh, I forgot my mask. Oh, well, then you can't come on. Like, there's all this stuff. And then are they going to have masks? Are you going to be able to buy them or the something? desk and all, there's all this stuff. Do you guys so, have masks right now? You have a mask. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't have a mask. I was a little ahead of my time. Uh, they all laughed at me before, but I, I was wearing, like, so I used to, um, I used to get sick after every trip I would go on. And so finally, I, was, I just got so sick of being sick that I changed my whole program. I started wearing a mask. I started wiping down. I started bringing disinfectant wipes and wiping down the trays and the seats and the seatbelt and everything I touched and being so much more vigorous with my hand washing that I when? honestly... When did you start doing that? Um, probably two years ago. Okay, and you are ahead of the game. And uh, I haven't gotten sick from a flight since, just really paying attention to hygiene. And honestly, I... 
I welcome the rest of the world to join me in this in this hygiene paranoia. I think it's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be. You're like you're like the, you're like Howie Mandel. <laughs> I'm not as bad as Howie. I can still I can still shake up people's hands. Although I will say I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled that the handshake is out. <laughs> that seems to go away. The handshake, the quick hug, they all seem to be going away. Um, but uh, how are people going to function with uh, low self-esteem? I don't know what we're going to do here. But I'm see. also excited for cash to be gone. Like money is the dirtiest, filthiest thing possible. You're gone. still going to you're no still gonna have to bring people kicking and screaming into the to the madness. And that's where I think we're still, that's where the holdup at the lines is going to be. I think you're going to go to online check-in. Uh, with the I feel like we're already there, though. Yeah, but, but like, there's who's, a lot of people not Who's going to be cleaning those screens? I don't even like touching those screens. Yeah, I don't. I didn't. When I, it's funny because I don't, uh, <laughs> I, I, I would not do that. I would just, you know, put it on my phone and, and book and do what we normally do. Then I saw, just on a side note, I saw like McDonald's was going to like a touchscreen ordering system for people. And then they put out the stats of what was on that touchscreen. Like, and I was like, people no, are, that, this is the word, you know, that's where it started. <laughs> so, you know, people don't really think so. You talk about like the phone, right? And so yeah. how many times have you Dirtiest. done it where you've had it on the phone? Well, A, your phone's filthy anyway. But then like when you like go and you take your phone and you put it up to their little scanner and then half the time, like the woman who's there, like grabs your phone and then touches yeah. it and puts it on the scanner herself. It's like, well, that just defeats the whole purpose. Like what just happened here? So you think about all these little touch points that you didn't think about before. I mean, I always, I always thought about them because I'm Howie Mandel, but um, <laughs> there, there's so many little touch points that you go through this process. And it, I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard, especially with Americans who hate rules um, to really change. And I'm hoping that this forces real change. And I honestly, I think it'll make everyone healthier in the long run. Do you I, though? I, I hope. Like, what? Where are you going to build your tolerance? Like, what about the kids that eat dirt? Dirt's good I, for you. The kids should eat dirt, like hundred <laughs> percent. The kids should be eating dirt. Kids get dirty as possible when they're when they're little and build as many immunities as you can possibly build. Also, feed like, them peanuts. Don't listen. Feed them peanuts too. Also, <laughs> feed them peanuts. Yeah, it's true. Um, <laughs> but Fish, like, no, I fully endorse like filth for babies and children. I fully endorse it. And all the vaccines and everything. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I just think that people are like adults are filthy and it's not about building immunity. It's about washing your hands after you take a shit in the bathroom. Like how many times, Brent, have you been in a men's room and watched some guy just walk out? Stop after it. I know. I'm glad that you followed that up with how many times Brent had you seen <laughs> instead of how many times have you not washed your hands after taking a shit on a plane? Uh, which, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm still, I, I gotta, what? I, I'm, I'm, yeah. anyway, so I just tried playing my meals out. I gotta be careful here. You know, I don't know uh, who's not washing their hands, but no, no, I it. wash my hands all the time. I wash oh, my hands. Oh, okay. You know, I'm talking shitting on <laughs> no, a plane. That's a different, you, you would be so, shocked I, to amazing. see what comes on and it goes on in a men's room. You'd be shocked. You know, the men's horrifying. room, the men's room is horrifying, uh, in general. Like to the point where, where you just look at someone who looks at you in the face, knowing you just saw what they did, and they just and go, yeah. <laughs> Giving men a bad name, and yeah. well, that's fine. <laughs> we're not doing it on this podcast. They're doing it themselves. 
Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, so anything jump out at you guys from the article as far as, wow, this is going to be interesting if they go to this method. I'm hearing about disinfection for luggage. There's all these kind of like different stages, which is why, you know, coming out of the, the when you land and you got to go get your bags and what's that going to look like? And Mercedes already hates getting her bags. So this is a whole thing with yeah. like, like, what, does anything jump out at you where you're like, if they do this, we're, we're planning on a one day ahead of travel before we can actually get on the plane because it was pretty like intense. Some of the stuff that they're talking about. For me, what popped up was the four hours. They're like, it's going to take four hours. And I was just like, what? Okay. I'll keep reading. And I kept reading and I was like, all right, I feel like YVR mostly does these protocols, not like cleaning of the luggage. I don't know how they're going to do that, but it also made me like, we now check in our own luggage on the belt at YVR. So I don't, that's like, whatever, no one's touching that, but then they're going to touch it to take it on. And then sometimes when you're coming back from like Mexico or wherever, they're like already spraying the cabins. So I don't really know what's going to be different. And I don't know why it's going to take four hours. I think that um, you're going to, you're going to run into a lot of, uh, you know, uh, the people that are doing excess baggage that are trying to sneak extra, you know, the, the, the cabin baggage, one bag allowance rules, I think, are going to be really. And that's going to go. Do you think they're like no carry on? What does that do? Like, I don't, I don't understand the logic behind the no carry on. Well, so obviously, people too- aren't washing their hands when they go to the washroom. <laughs> so, what's on their luggage? <laughs> right, but like, are we talking no carry on? Like, not even like a handbag? Are we talking just no rollerboards? Like, what are we talking about? Well, that's a good one. I, I know they're still letting them on right now uh, from what I was told, but um, there is talk that it's going to go away with no carry on. And, you know, they're going to, because they all, they're going to have to adjust their whole model. So like just a passport in your hand? Probably. That's covered in shit. But then I also, <laughs> but then I also heard that they're not serving food on the flights either anymore. Right, so can you not bring your own food then? And no water. So just dry yourself and then you're all going to get sick and you're going to be hungry. Paul, who would, who would be the first to get it right? Do you think who's going to be the first airline and everyone's going to go, yep, we're doing it that way. The Israelis. The Israelis. Okay. You've flown, you've flown on their airline. Uh, yeah. Many times I've flown on El Al and, uh, I can tell you from a security standpoint, they were yeah, all the stuff they were doing pre 9-11 is everything that we're now doing post 9-11. Yeah. Um, their, uh, the Israelis' ability to come up with technological uh, advancements to make things more efficient is per capita better than any country in the world. And uh, I think if anyone figures it out, it'll be, it'll be that country. Okay, I'm going to look to them. <laughs> Let's just move there. <laughs> The, uh, I was talking to a pilot a little while ago, uh, last week, spending some time and they're obviously grounded and there's going to be this whole thing about pilot, you know, a shortage of pilots and all these different things, about hours and they're not getting hours and just that's going to be about six weeks when all these things are lifted to get all these pilots back up to speed to be able to fly and, and do all these things, except for the high seniority guys that are already flying. And, uh, but everyone else is kind of just waiting around. 
Well, uh, I'll say no. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't oh, cut you off. Keep going. And then what, one of the, the things we were talking about was that there was talks about not selling the middle seat anymore, and they he came back to me and said if they don't sell the middle seat, the airline industry is done. So they have to figure out like they're still going to sell it, but we have to figure out how to make it you know as you know sanitized as possible. Which Paul, I know you're a huge fan of like doing all that. We mm-hmm. talked about that, but, and I do it uh, too, but, um, you know, uh, it was very interesting because all these different rules are coming or all these different ideas are coming about staggering the roads and doing this and that and things that you read about and go, that makes a lot of sense. When you talk to a pilot or an attendant, they go, well, no, it doesn't because we have to be able to get people out of the plane in an emergency. And these new things they're talking about don't coincide with that. Oh. So it looks like the plane itself will still remain the same, but they're going to have to find a new way to sanitize. Uh, right now they're selling row and then other row and row to kind of get people up and up in the air. But what do you think about this? Do we need to get Elon Musk into the airplane business? Huh. <laughs> be great. Um, Let's just get everyone in space suits. Honestly, you know, it'd be great. I would love, I've always wanted is like when you're in the middle of seat, God forbid that you actually have some like plexiglass dividers so that you can own your armrests. Oh, I would love and, that. And so, and also that like the person next to you can't like get their elbow into your space. Like, all right, let's do that. Let's get some plexiglass up. It'll also help from someone, you know, droplets coming in my direction. I did see it. I did see this design of, of they were going to build something that basically you could pull and then it would separate you from the person next to you, which looked like the most efficient way to do it, where you kind of every, every seat's <laughs> its own thing. But they didn't address the armrests, so that's going to be interesting. But um, I'm just guessing if you're having like a really bad day with your significant other, you're just like, boom, see you later. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you dare open this thing, you know, or this trip is over. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say that one of the things that really stood out to me um, were sort of like the warning bells start going off in this article that you that you shared with us is um, two things. One was I think it was the CEO of Boeing that was quoted as far as the percentage of people who are going to be flying um, by September versus by the end of the year and how numbers are going to be down 50 to 75 percent no matter what. And then what that leads me to think about um, as, you know, my job and your guys' livelihoods and lives uh, so much revolves around travel is how much ticket prices are going to go up as a result of all of this. Mm-hmm. So you think about everything that the airplanes are going to be quote required to do. Um, who's going to be paying that in the end? It's going to be the passengers. Um, and so they're going to find, like, can you just imagine like frontiers new, like bullshit pricing things like, well, if you want a divider between you and the person mm-hmm. next to you, that'll be an extra $36. <clears throat> yeah. Like, it's and then you get on like the plane. That. It's like, I ordered the divider. It's right here. And then, uh, yeah, hours. It's gonna be a whole thing. We're, yeah, I thought about crazy. that with the luggage too. I'm like, all right, we're not allowed hand luggage, so now you're gonna have to pay for hand luggage. It's gonna be all these extra added on, and then what are we paying for a Purell like wipe down by someone as well? Think of how much it's gonna cost you to fly that giant snowboard bag. Uh, don't even start me on that. You're gonna need your own flying car soon. Well, so here's the other question, right? So if we can't bring, let's just pretend, let's play this out, right? So let's just say we cannot bring rollerboards onto the plane. I'm assuming a handbag is fine. You won't get a single woman to fly anything 
longer than one hour without being able to take a handbag for I mean, it just won't happen. There's women have way more uh, needs than men do. So there are things that you just can't look. It's true. Like you just like uh, you just can't tell people they can't bring a handbag onto the plane. All right. So let's just go with luggage for a second, rollerboards and luggage. So when you get off the plane and you go to baggage claim and you have 400 people all around this conveyor belt, like, <laughs> did we just, everything was, was everything we just did to like stay safe up to this point? Is it all for not at that point? It's a future of travel. What if they come up with like plexiglass little areas, one person at a time goes in to get their luggage and then no one will be mad at anyone. God, that'd be amazing. I would love it. Right. <laughs> so what we're saying is if you have money, invest in plexiglass and mass companies. That's what you're saying. Because the plexiglass is the new everything. You know, you can be plexiglass at a restaurant. It's true. Plexiglass at a, I'm seeing it everywhere now. We are, we're phase mm-hmm. two up here. So it's almost, um, it's almost kind of like when you see a plexiglass window at a store now. Um, it's kind of like, well, why wasn't that there before? <laughs> right. Or over the buffet. Um, so what, what this really does for me, which I've been an advocate of for years and we'll take the jobs losses aside for a moment. But what I would love to see is just robots for everything, like for pilots, for the attendants, just give me the robots, like for the line cooks, obviously chefs that can create the food still, but give me the robots for anything that's touching anything that could be problematic in any way. I'll take the robot. Give me the robot for the pilot who, you know, the pilot whose wife left him the night before and he went on an all night bender. Like you want that guy flying your plane or do you want the robot? I oh want the gosh. robot. Let's move back into uh, what do you want to see and uh, what's next for you? Okay. So what do I want to see? Uh, ultimately, what do I want to see? Um, obviously just an overhaul of human beings, personal sanitation. I want rules and regulations that force people to actually wash their goddamn hands. Um, I think that would be great. Um, obviously I want to see robots for everything because they're way more sanitary and don't get drunk at night and won't crash your plane because their wife broke up with them. Um, I would not like to see, um, rollerboards getting banned from the plane, but I think there's a lot of things that we could do in the security process to speed things up that is touchless on all counts. And I just want to see advances in technology for all that stuff. The article really talked a lot about, you know, um, a lot of the touchless things like uh, facial recognition and other ways that you can sort of speed up processes, but also keep you healthy at the same time, UV lights for luggage and so on and so forth. I'm, I'm all for all that stuff. I'm all for the, uh, you know, the pilots not being angry. So I'll just start with that one. I'll just go with that. I'll wake out the rest of it and go with that. It's like four hours. Great. Pilot not angry. I'm good. I'll take that. That's good. That'll get me over there. It's fine. Just a smooth process. I want people to be able to have it be comfortable. I'm down with the thermal scanning. I think that's going to stop a lot of stuff. I think you're going to get a lot of that uh, in, the, in the next year and a half. You're going you're gonna to have a lot of like, oh, I'm not hot. Uh, you know, you're going to have a bunch of fighting about who can come on a plane and who can't be. But I think that's going to streamline some things. Uh, more, more streamlined luggage scenarios. I think you're going to see luggage fees go up and people are going to be more focused on what they actually need, uh, which will help the local economy because people are going to go buy local. In that case, they're going to go buy stuff they need. Um, And overall, I just want uh, people to 
not put themselves above the system, follow the system, it'll make it easier. And I think we'll be able to, you know, make our lives as regular travels easy. Mercedes, outside of like banning all um, luggage <clears throat> carousels, what would you like to see? <laughs> I just, I, I think this will make a traveler more aware, but also cleanliness. Obviously, I've learned a lot about that in this episode. <laughs> For men, uh, women in the washroom, they clean their hands. Like you're kind of judged if you don't clean your hands. So, <laughs> um, but when it comes to planes, I think just, I don't, I don't agree with the four hour kind of timeline. I think that's really excessive. I think that they will come up with a time frame that, it will be faster than that to keep everything clean. And with the luggage, there's already a problem with luggage. Like people are just taking too much luggage anyway. So bring it down a little, maybe it's like one backpack and then there's going to, you're going to be able to get on the plane faster. I don't mind that divider in between the middle seat. Cause somehow I happen to be on the middle seat a lot and that sucks. I think you it's like, better, I just, you need, awareness. Better, uh, you need better check-in protocol. Yeah, I just I'm, I forget to check in, and then I miss flights. It's awesome, uh, <laughs> but I think just that yeah, the communication and awareness to every traveler, and I really don't really want the prices to go up because I think travel is so important for not just like getting around and seeing places, but for the youth to understand what else is happening out there in the world. So, hey Brett, real quick question: When we talked about travel assholes, did did we mention? People who fly when they're sick. Mm. You did, I believe. You said yeah. stop flying when you're sick, and that was before Russian. a lot of. The, a lot of <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's press that. But it, that applies to don't do anything when you're sick, and and having yeah. kids and, and seeing them go to school uh, sick. Sometimes parents have no choice; they've got no daycare. I get it. When it comes to flying, I don't know. People spend thousands of dollars, so they're like, "Oh, you don't want me to fly now because my little guy's got a cold." Mm but we just spent $4,000 and we can't fly for another week. Like there's, well, I wonder if travel insurance will become compulsory for stuff like that. Oh, likely there's a pretty decent, uh, I, I, right now it's, it's you're going to get on a plane and it's going to be like now when you go to a store, someone's going to cough and everyone's going to go, you know, someone's going to like, <laughs> or you're going to see, I don't know if you've been walking around and you go to a store and people are in that awkward, like, I'm going to go around you. Like, it's just the funniest damn thing. And I feel like I'm a uh, Pac-Man in the stories right now. <laughs> yeah. A, people don't know how to follow arrows and B like, get away from me. Like, <laughs> why, why do you gotta be so close? Yeah. Somebody, uh, I got, I was in the Costco uh, last week and some old guy was like, you're too goddamn close. And I'm like, sir, I'm in the freezer uh, getting some uh, eggs. <laughs> well, that was on this side of the freezer. You're supposed to be on that side. I'm like, Oh man. Okay. Well, so, okay, went one last one last thing. You talked about kids and sick. And then I was like, okay, how cuz you know like bacteria is such a blind thing. What if we just told everyone like it's like lice. If you <laughs> take one person on the plane that has lice, pretty much all of you are going to get lice. So beat it. We get those notices home from the school like someone in the school. <laughs> has lice and everyone is like you can almost hear the communal yell out the window everyone's like no because it just means yeah. a lot of work for us coming oh my oh, we don't yes. paul where can I people find you online sir uh my website is mr paul you can find me on instagram and twitter at 
mrpaulfeinstein.com. That's just MR, not spelled out, Mr. So mrpaulfeinstein.com. Mercedes, one minute. What do you got? What do I got? Where yeah, am where, I? Yeah, where can we find I'm you? I'm everywhere. MercedesNickel.com, N-I-C-O-L-L. Mercedes spelled like the car. And also my podcast, Dropping In with Mercedes. You can find all three of us on the DeanBlundell.com network. Thanks, everybody, for joining us this week on the Brenton Not On Tour Travel Cast. Thanks to Paul. Thanks to Mercedes. Everyone, I tell you to fly safe, but that's not going to happen. Just be well. Thanks Mm -hmm. uh, again, Mercedes, for joining me. I know that you're busy balancing your own podcast now. So we've only got a couple of these left on the Travel Cast. And then you fly, fly away. Uh, into your world of podcasting but uh, for this episode we are joined by mr paul feinstein to talk about the future of travel catch mercedes and myself and paul on the deanblundell.com network where you can find your podcast which is called dropping in a podcast with mercedes right paul's just a podcast of course you are on the brenton on tour brenton not on tour quarantine travel cast whatever the hell we're doing now that's what this (laughs) is Mercedes, as always, you're awesome, and we will talk next week. Yes, thank you. to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness then check out the natural man podcast join me host mike c as we explore all areas of human wellness physical mental and emotional learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health remember your doctor works for you learn biohacks neurohacks ways to improve sleep and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many rogues that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga, Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com.